Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast. So, with what's going on, I am super excited to have the next guest on. I know I've told a few people that he's coming on, and they have lost their shit with what with the person's coming on. Darren Cartel is on the podcast for episode eighty-eight. I don't think I would have been able to get Darren on if what's going on. It was going on, if that makes any sense. So anyone who doesn't know who Darren is, Darren is the host of the podcast, The Darren Cartel Show, which is awesome. Head coach of Project X, creator of, creator of Need Up 24-7, qualified PT and online coach. And I'm one of the nicest guys in the industry. I met him over at the talk in like November, October last year. And his enthusiasm and affection, Darren, thank you so much for coming on today. My man, what's going on, mate? That was such a intro, man. You made me feel special there. You made me feel like I'm, I'm a somebody, bro. I'm always fighting for that, but I really appreciate that, man. I'm buzzing to be on with the Irish. I love <laughs> Irish people, and I love the Irish. And uh, how are you holding up in uh, lockdown? I'm all right, man. I'm just like keeping busy. I'm not, I'm not complaining. Like, like you said earlier, like it's better to be busier than not be doing anything at all. And although it's like crazy weird times for us at the moment. Um, I'm trying to make the most out of it because, like, I mean, we don't have any other option, do we? Like, if we were to sit down and cry about it all day, you'll get nothing done. You'll be negative all the time, and I feel I'm just, I'm just doing my best to cope. But I can't wait till I get on that flight to Ibiza, to Bali, any island, Dublin, everywhere, man. I'm excited for that. It's, I think the first trip is going to be bittersweet for everyone. I, like. yeah, I think it's going to be insane. Uh, so Darren, I'm going to ask you the first question. Whoever who doesn't know who you are, I don't know where you've been, but tell us your story and how you kind of got into the whole social media and fitness realm. Okay, uh, so for the people that don't know me, um, I started personal training around nearly 10 years ago actually, but I wasn't on social media uh, as a PT and people didn't really like, know who I am until about two, two and a half years ago. Uh, Mr. James Smith gave me my first ever plug. We do a lot of stuff together. And from there, uh, people got an insight of who I am and then ended up liking me for what I do and loving my message. And since then, it's been a crazy roller coaster. And now I feel like um, I can, I'm comfortable to say that like I'm in the fitness industry and I'm, and it, and I get excited and very proud that people uh, actually even know who I am. But um, getting into fitness, uh, I first got into personal training pretty much to become a better athlete. I wanted to work somewhere where I can actually work on myself, but I didn't actually realize I'd end up enjoying, loving, helping people, seeing people get great results and uh, helping them in that way with their life, mental health and their well-being. And it, yeah, it just took off from there. End up being a PT, and here we are getting invited to podcasts. It's insane. Like, like in two years, it's completely changed for you. Like, it, it's it's mad, um, and it's all credit to yourself. I've I went over to yourself and James's talk in London in I think it was October, November. Um, was it? Was it the, the one business in, uh, one? Yeah, yeah. Okay, was yeah, it Bethnal yeah. Green? I think it was. Yeah, Bethnel Green. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I saw that. And then when we were leaving, we saw Paulo Lima walking down the road. We were like, because we, we know him obviously from social media. We didn't realize how big he was. He's a big dude. Mate, he is he is an athlete. He's huge. And you know what? He's he's one of the nicest guys you'll come across. Like, he's so friendly. And he'll he'll give you his time. And yeah, most of all, he's a, he's a great friend to me. So, but yeah, he's a really nice guy. Uh, no, it's it's incredible. And like I, I didn't realize from I've listened to your podcast, and I didn't realize that you could have had the opportunity to play in football over in Turkey and stuff like that. And that's that's one of those things that I didn't put two and two together. Um, yeah. So, can you kind of talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I think it's um, it's one of the things like I don't talk about. I kind of don't want to be that guy that's like, oh, here's another story where someone said, oh, they couldn't make it because of this and because of that. You know what I mean? Because you hear that all the time. <laughs> in the know? pubs, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to be that guy in a pub like having a drink, telling some 18-year-old I could have made it as a footballer and how I know this footballer and how I know this footballer. And the weird bit is, like, when I am talking, I actually know a lot of footballers. <laughs> you know what I mean? So when I say that, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm that guy now. I'm that guy now, you know? But um, when it comes to football, I, I first signed for Besiktas when I was 16 years old in Turkey in Istanbul. So I actually missed my um, my prom at secondary school. Um, I did my GCSEs and I left school straight away and went on trials in Turkey when I was 16 oh, wow. years old. 
So I was traveling, me and four or five other boys were traveling pretty much around Turkey trying to find the club and like chase the dream, you know? And um, eventually after doing so many trials and sleeping in shit beds and shit rooms, not even knowing who I'm staying with, where I'm staying in Istanbul with three other lads from Turkish, Kurdish lads like myself from London, um, I ended up signing for Besiktas as a 16-year-old. And it wasn't a professional contract. It was an amateur contract. But at the end of the day, I got to sign for one of the biggest clubs in the country, which for me is was my dream because uh, I've supported that club all my life. So I was I was in like, I was like, oh, my God, mom, dad, I made it. But really, I haven't made shit. <laughs> you don't realize that, you know, there's a lot of work that needs to be put down. You, you sometimes think, oh, you get a scholarship and it's done from there. And the truth is I wasn't the best of players. And at the time, I wasn't the most confident. And I wish I had the mindset that I had now in that in that time. And I 100% believe that I would have become like a, a known footballer if I had this mindset that I have now. And um, see, look, I'm turning into that guy from the fucking pub. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cabin fever's got you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's got me. And um, yeah, from there, um, I played for a, a year and a half in Turkey. But then I was like, I didn't, I didn't believe in myself. So I was like, I need to go back to college and wherever. I went back to the UK when I was 17. Um, went to college in Hackney. Uh, did my BTEC level, uh, level two in sport and in movement. And alongside that, I was playing non-league. And that's where I also did my personal training course in college. I got it for free, innit? EMA college, £30 a week. <laughs> £30 a week. We don't have that here. That's what I was, yeah, but yeah, but your parents were refugees, bruv. <laughs> very true. Very true. <laughs> well played. We'll play the refugee card. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll use that every time, man. Just for banter. Just for banter. Um, you put up a post today. Like it comes into what you're telling about the football, about kind of like not being in the mindset where, then where you are now, about kind of talking to a 21 year old. 21 year old messaged you earlier the other day about kind of changing yeah. careers. Um, and I like I had a real job for a while um, and it wasn't for me at all but I changed my career at 29 so I actually think at 30 my life changed for the better yeah, yeah. I would still yeah. be stuck like I'm, I know I'm behind a desk now but I would be kind of pushing the keyboard for the crack and there would be no yeah. but can you got give anyone advice who who has feeling that or what that post says yeah um, you know what's funny when, when you say that like at 29 like, like you, you change that it's mad. I feel like some of us catch on to that earlier or some of us catch on to that a bit later. And I find that it really makes a difference with who you're surrounded by. Big time. And who you want to be like, you know? And I've always sort of had this mentality where like, it's weird. Like I always wanted to like, I said it in the post, like we shouldn't chase success. Really, I've always wanted success. I always, I've always kind of chased success, but in a way where I was doing something that I loved. I love training. I love PT and, and as long as I was doing that, I felt like I would find something um, that will stick. And but along that, I was also in like a really long, uh, a long distance as well as a long-term relationship that I wasn't quite happy with. And I felt like that was holding me back a little bit, you know. And at the time when that was happening, although I feel like certain things slowed me down, I kept doing what I love doing. I took life too seriously. Like I said, I was like, I was saving for a mortgage in my early twenties. And I was like, now I think of it, I'm like, Jesus, I was such an idiot. Why on earth? I didn't even start drinking mate, until I was like 25. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I used to have a beer here and there, but I didn't like, I didn't drink at all. I, it probably happened after I met fucking James. <laughs> 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 must be the Irish. In there, it must know? be. Yeah. Yeah. And every, every time I used to go out and people used to like, um, like offer me a beer, like get a drink. I'm like, no, no. They're like, why? I'm like, oh, I got football tomorrow. I got this. I got that. And I cared so much. I cared about, I cared about the calories. I cared about how it affects my performance and all of that stuff. Funny enough, the minute I stopped caring, my physique got better. My mental health was better. My performance as an athlete with anything I was doing was way better. And I was just enjoying life so much better. And when that happened, when I stopped caring about the mortgages, the this, the that not worrying about the future and just like enjoying the present i was like opportunities just started happening and i was like oh 
okay, I'm going to just, I'm going to kick with the wind. I'm going to go with this. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go ahead with that. And I think anyone that's listening to this now and feel like you're having a bit of a, I'll call it my quarter life crisis at 25. Uh, I had a quarter life crisis. And if you feel like that, if you're not happy with your job, yes, you have to make the sacrifice of like, um, maybe not earning as much money, but the happiness you get from doing something you truly enjoy is like, and although it might sound cringe and cliche and whatever, it's, it's so much nicer waking up in the morning and doing something that you love and something that you look forward to. So yeah. if you're listening to this, and if you are feeling a bit shit and you don't like what you do, if you've got enough money to last for the next few months, just when when all this madness is over, go traveling, go meet people, go read a fucking book by the water somewhere random. You know what I mean? Go have a one night stand, whatever you want to do. Like, do you know what I mean? Just experience things. And I've I've noticed after those sort of experiences, I've really come to like learn who I am. I found myself, man. I found myself. <laughs> you know when people say that shit, I hate it. But in a weird way, when you go traveling and you do all that you kind of learn different sides about yourself, you know? Yeah, I think I went, off, I went off track there. I went off track there. No, but I prefer I prefer tangents. Tangents are better. Tangents are actually kind of when the, the nuggets come out. Like, and what you've said there is like, if you're unhappy in something, you're you're not a tree, you can move. Yeah, exactly. Um, And I think a lot, like there's a book called The Monkey Sold His Ferrari, which is literally what I was trying to do, which was chase a stupid amount of money and be unhappy. And I thought money was making me happy. But now it's like, happy enough work on my own i know where my limits are i know where my energies lie and i know what i want to do and if i don't want to do it i'm not going to do it and yeah. that it's 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 a weight off your mind let alone a weight so, off the scales if you know what i mean i know we're pts yeah, yeah. but it is it's a proverbial weight off the scales as well like um and you talk you talk, you you must answer talk to people on a, like on a daily basis about being unhappy with x y and z like it's it, it it's mad because um, I think we think our own problems are our own. 100%. And I think that's why, like, personal trainers like yourself, like myself, it's it's good that you experience that because it makes you way more relatable to the people, number one, that's listening and the people that you coach and you teach, right? And I think that's a is a common problem with personal trainers. But even, like, I mean, how nice is it not being able to wear a suit every day? Like, oh, it's fantastic. You know, I feel like when I had, um, I had work experience when I was 15, do you, you guys have that in Ireland? When yeah, when we were 16, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 15 or 16 they send you off to, you have like two weeks of work experience so my dad I was like because in my head you know when you're younger you think oh you want to make money when you're older you want a nice car you want this you want that and the way to do that is to be a businessman wear a fucking suit and this and that and I was like dad yeah I want to I want to do my work experience do you know anyone he's like I can chat to my solicitor that's in uh, who was like a Cypriot Turkish Cypriot woman that worked in Liverpool Street he asked her, she said, yeah, why don't you send him along for two weeks? So when I was 15 years old, I did work experience at Liverpool Street in London um, in the solicitors. I walked in two weeks. I walked out and I said to myself, I was 15 years old. I said, Diren, you're never going to work in a fucking office in your life, mate. And I was just like, nah, it's not happening. My only advantage there was my dad sorted that hook up for me and I just grilled that into my head from early on. Because I was like, I'm just not... I can't be doing that. Like, I don't know how people do it. Respect to people that do it. If you love your job, of course do it. But if you're unhappy with it, then you just don't do it. (laughs) Yeah, I think a lot of people are just scared. And I think now is probably a time where people are gonna, unfortunately, have to make a choice because a lot of people would have lost their jobs. What's what's going on? And I think a lot of people will actually have to make that uncomfortable choice, whether they go back to college, whether they do like a, a FETAC or a government course or whatever it may be. And it is important to kind of sit down. And I think a lot of people are afraid to be uncomfortable with their thoughts, though. And that's a big, big thing. Bro, I think, like, it's weird. Like, obviously, you know, when we talk about all this stuff, like, there's obviously a lot of people there with families, with kids, with all that stuff. So, obviously, you have to think about them because family always comes first. Like, you got you got to think of your family before you make a decision like that, especially if you do have kids. But I also feel like on the other end, there's a lot of people that that are scared to take that step back, you know, to, to do a leap. And I think sometimes you have to like put your ego aside, not care about what people think and be like, okay, you know what? I'm going to have to step down a little bit as long as you know, it's going to go somewhere. Like for me, when I was, 
before me and James left for Bali when we were in Australia, when he had the JSA and I was doing bits for JSA, I was in the gym doing face-to-face PT and I was fully booked. I was making three, three and a half thousand dollars a week. I mean, that's a lot of money when you're like 24 years old. That's a lot of money. That's crazy money, right? And like, and I was like, if I go online, full-time online, that's going to drop over like 50, 60%. But I was like, if I do this now, I know in the future, like something's going to happen. And people used to ask me like, okay, you're, you're, you're taking off one-on-one and blah, blah, blah. Where is it going to take, uh, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I don't know, man. I, I, I just know something will happen. Like, I just, this isn't it. Like you can't, I can't be stuck in the gym because I'm already up to 40, 50 sessions a week. Where does it go from there? Where does it go from there? You know, so I had to take that step down in the sense that I was earning way less money. But I tried to just create opportunities and hoping something. You kind of manifest things, you know what I mean? Like you manifest, you, you would have manifested this podcast or your own podcast to happen. And one way or another, like it happens, right? Yeah, like we all put up these things up on pedestals. Like I, for, for so long, I was like, oh, will I, will I message? Will I message? Will I don't? But like the problem is, if I hadn't messaged, this wouldn't be happening. Like there's no harm in even trying it. Most people are afraid of trying. Hundred percent, and I, yeah, and the, the, that fear of failing, like yes. the fear of rejection. But it's not it's even like, it's not even rejection to themselves. It's looking like a failure to others. Exactly, and this and that is the sort of mindset you just need to put aside, man. You just need to put aside, man. But like, like yeah, go on. Nobody gives a fuck. Generally, nobody gives a fuck what you're doing. They, like, they fair enough. They look at your social media and they think that like that's a highlight reel. They don't see what goes on behind it. Hundred percent, hundred. It's like you know when, like you know when you get. Uh, like I've, I've had a lot of female clients that are intimidated in the gym in the free weights area, right? One hundred percent, yeah. They th- they think all eyes are on them. They think all eyes are on them. When everyone in there is a narcissist looking in the mirror, <laughs> looking in their mirror, not looking at anyone else, you know. And the biggest problem is like we kind of create those scenarios in our head. For example, like. I message people to come on my podcast, people with like a million followers. They, I don't care if they ignore it, they ignore it. Do you know what I mean? But in my head, I'm like, you know, I could easily build in my head going, oh, wait, that person saw it. They ignored me. Now, now they think, do they think I'm sort of, sort of chump or whatever or this or that? When really, that person could just be really busy. Like you create this whole scenario in your head and it's just you. No one else cares. But like you put yourself in this weird like headspace, innit? It's mad because I remember the first time, the only time I've ever been starstruck is when I met Henrik Larsson, the footballer. And oh, my dad was like, I think it was like 13 or 14. And uh, my dad goes, he still has to wipe his arse. And that was a way of bringing him down off the pedestal. I was like, that sums it up brilliantly. So whenever whenever I'm like afraid of text, sending a text, it's he has to wipe his own arse. Why right, that's... I love that, brother. I love that. I love that. Is that the biggest time like you got uh, starstruck? Was it then? It was Have him. You met as, anyone else? Uh, met Ronaldo, but right. not not a or Cristiano. Um, oh, no met, way, that would have been sick, bro. He's so tall. He, really? Yeah, he's quite tall. He, I'm like five ten. He's what okay. six two, six one, six two. But like he's okay. he's he's built like a shipwreck house. Like he's really? ma- yeah, yeah. And that was that was a good one. That was two thousand and four, two thousand and five, when United were shit. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, like yeah. I think that was and Mac Giggsy as well. Um, that was oh, yeah. So it was uh, what's the most famous most famous footballer you met then? Because I know you're big into your football. Footballer, footballer, or athlete in general. Athlete in general, I've met a lot of footballers. I have met a lot of footballers, uh, but I'll tell you who I really wanted want to meet. Right? Let me tell you who I really want to meet. I always say this: I want to manifest this shit. Ronaldinho, Zlatan. Jesus, that'll be some piss up. <laughs> and David Beckham. I reckon there'll be a scenario one day where I meet David Beckham. If that happens, I'm just gonna go straight for the hug, man. I'm just yeah. gonna, if he says something, I'm just gonna be like, one second, just enjoy this. But the most famous person I would say I met is probably Tom Hardy. Oh wow, that's pretty good. So check this out. Listen to this, yeah. I'm in Soho. I'm around. I'm 18 years. I'm 19 years old. I'm 19 years old, right? I've just come back from Turkey. I'm playing football in Turkey. I've come to spend like Christmas time with my family, and I'm walking around Soho. It's pissing down. I'm with my sister, 
and I'm walking around and this and this person I walk I bump into someone this person barges me and I turn around I'm just like Matthew London boy I turn around like bruv are you alright like I turn around like this like you alright bruv I stop and my eyes go like just open up and I go Tom I was like what's going on man I was like Tom Hardy what's and I hugged him I hugged him and it was like I'm good, how are you? I'm like, bro. I was like, because that year I was obsessed with the main character from Batman. And I was like, Tom, man. And I was, his missus was there, which I didn't even know. She's an actress. Like, oh, I didn't even realize. And I was like, I'm so sorry for holding up your time. He's like, all right, if I take a quick photo. He's like, yeah, yeah no problem. Just let's do it quickly um, before anyone sees. It was in the bang in the middle of Soho. And I was like, this is crazy. But he was, he was like such a gentleman, man. And, and I just, I was just like, when I meet people like that, it's weird. It really inspires me. I'm just like, oh man, I, I, I want that level of, I want that. I just want that. I want to be where they are. And it kind of inspires me. That's why I love meeting people like that. But that was the most famous person I would say. That's pretty, that's a, that's a pretty good one. You'd see, like, what have we got? We've got like Bono lives probably about 10 minutes from here, from YouTube. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Sexy. Yeah. Um, you'd see him a good bit. He's, he's, and we had, uh, we had Matt Damon. What was was uh, stranded here for lockdown? He was stranded in Ireland or in Dublin, like literally five minutes, ten minutes ten down the road, in one of the. No m- way. Yeah. So literally, the uh, all the media were trying to get into the into the house, trying to trying to find him, trying to hack into like the the local Facebook group to try and get out of him. The locals were saying nothing. They were. Oh, he probably loves the Irish then, isn't he? Uh, so he li- he literally left with his family because he was here for a movie. Uh, so he only left like two, three, four days ago. Uh, oh, sick! Yeah, yeah. Did so you see now? No, one of the lads. Well, he's he was in the because none of the pubs are open, so that's no. true. Yeah, uh, they would have seen him in the shop and stuff, but uh, yeah, it was it was mad. Like the media went went nuts. It it, it was mad. Um, you're you're full of confidence, full of energy, and I've seen you in doing the live shows and stuff like that. One, where do you get your energy, and then? where do you get your ideas for your social media? Because it comes back to the point of not caring what people think because yeah. a lot of it is the, like the dances on TikTok. I'm, I can't do it. I can't dance. <laughs> I, like, you know what? But to me, like, I don't think I can either. I just don't care. Like, I feel like when you don't care, it's weird. Like you become better at things. Like when you don't pay attention to yourself, you just, as long as you're like, you're enjoying yourself and you, you get better. And then someone commented going, fuck, dude, you can dance. Although, when I was younger, I did a little bit of dancing. But, <laughs> but like, when it comes to socials, I knew people would be like, oh, isn't this guy a PT or whatever? So, I was just like, that's why all my content is kind of scattered. Like, majority, obviously, fitness-related stuff. But I like to do other bits to kind of keep people engaging. Because when it comes to fitness, I mean, we, we all talk about the same shit. Like, we really do. It's the same shit. It's just how are you going to deliver it in a way that shows your personality the most? Because at the end of the day, everyone knows what to do when it comes to losing weight. Everyone knows what to do when it comes to putting on muscle. It's not a program that you do. It's the person that's teaching you. It's, it's, it's whose message that you respect the most. It's who you would listen to that you can relate to the most. I think that's a big thing when it comes to personal trainers that they, that they forget that. And they get so, they go into the rabbit hole of looking at what uh, James Smith is doing what Phil Graham is doing, what this person is doing. They're taking so much time looking into their content. Don't get me wrong, I've been there where I'm like looking what other people are doing. But then I realised, I was like, hold on a second. I was like, I can't be doing this. This was like really, really early on. I was like, I can't do this because this would not show my personality. You know what I mean? So that's why I try and show people bits of my personality that people don't know and kind of put it across in a way with content to get people to find it relatable but with ideas you know like someone might ask me a question and i might just go bang get an idea do you know what i mean yeah and with the confidence thing on stage and stuff um i'll be honest the first time the first time went on stage was when i was younger but the first time talking was james's first ever show which was in wales there was like 80 people and he, uh, I didn't know I was involved. He had a manager at the time. There was management, which who is now my manager. 
I didn't know I was involved. I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to go support my friend because we, we we were traveling for so long together at the time, like three months. I'm going to go support my friend. I got there and the manager threw me a mic and I was like, what's going on? He goes, just do what you boys do on Instagram. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, you're involved too, Darren. I was like, oh, snap. I was like, fuck. Okay, James didn't even know because we James didn't even have a PowerPoint. We didn't have nothing. Like, So James goes on stage and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to call you in about three, four minutes. He goes on within twelve, within like 20 seconds. He calls me on. I can tell he was not nervous, but I can tell he was like, he needed a bit of support. Then I jumped on and I was, I was talking, but I've realized now more than ever, like, just like being match fit the more you um the more you do it the more comfortable you get and when you get more comfortable you can show your personality more and when you see people's response to that um it gives you so much confidence do you know what i mean and even before i was stepping on stage i've always um spoke on my snapchat since i was younger like even when i first had snapchat before we had instagram stories I was always talking shit on there, even if there was like three people watching. So when I had Instagram and I had, when I first hit 10,000 followers and I was like, oh snap, two, 3,000 people are watching my story. I was like, I'll do it on my story all the time. So why would I have an issue talking when they're right there, you know? So I'll kind of go with that mentality and kind of got to fake it till you make it as well. You know, there's an element of that, which I think a lot of people forget. Like you're never really ready for anything. You're just... You just go do it and you adapt to the situation, you know? Yeah, I think I saw, like, I think I saw on your story or on your Instagram, your, your video from like three, four, five years ago compared to what it is now. And from yeah. the, sh- the the business show that we saw, you did a live demonstration of how you edit your videos. It takes yeah, you about yeah, two yeah. seconds. I had no idea what you were doing with the buttons. I don't understand the Mac at the best of times. But... <laughs> But like literally two seconds, there's the video gone, and it was mad how quick it was done, how edited, how how quick and easy it was for you, and it's exactly like that. It's just practice, practice, practice. It's like practice, anything. Practice, exactly. It's just like anything. Just like I don't know, like two, three, four years of just doing content now, just nonstop. Which is, yeah, you got no other choice but to get better, at it, right? So, and I don't have the money to pay anyone for it. I didn't have the money to pay for, uh, get anyone to do it for me at the time, so I just do it myself. And even now, like. If I if I can, which I can probably afford now, if I could get someone to edit my videos, but I'm, I have the fear that it's not going to be as good as how I do it, <laughs> you know. So, but uh, I'm sure at one point I'd love to get to a stage where someone's just recording me all the time, just me doing shit bullshit. Like 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 Gary V. Ah, uh, Gary V. But less. I'd love to meet Gary V. But you know, like with the whole. I, like I feel like people in the UK, Europe, we're we're a bit more we're a bit more chilled about that sort of stuff. Like even like when I'm saying stuff from my experiences, I hate that I hate the idea of like people me thinking that I'm preaching. Do you know what I mean? I know exactly what you're saying. You 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 have an opinion, but you're not ramming it down people's throats. Exactly, I have an opinion. This is what's worked for me. Now you can try this, but I'm not saying it's gonna work for you. Whereas Gary V's like, rah, 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 in your face, that's bullshit. Starbucks coffee, bullshit. Six dollars for a coffee. All of that shit. I'm like, if you enjoy a Starbucks coffee, go have one. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, that's like more so my mentality. That's why I can't stand like life coaches. Now, I, I don't fully understand what they do. I'm not going to lie. But imagine this. Imagine like, imagine me trying to tell you what you should do with your life. You I learn nothing. You it's like it's like it's like having a coach all your life. Don't get me wrong. I've a co- I've a clients for a long, 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 long time, but yeah, it's you're not like you are learning small little bits along the way. But at some point, you are going to have to break away and think for yourself. It's like your mom or dad holding your hand all the time. Exactly, and this is why, like for example, it's important. That's why, like being surrounded by people that. Like, I like to surround myself from people that challenge me. Do you know what I mean? So like from my management to James to Paul Lima, we all we like we all we all challenge each other in different ways. We all learn bits from each other, right? And you add it on to yourself. If it was a matter of me sitting down, like my content didn't come out of someone going, Darren, this is what you should do. It's just 
you get ideas and you see what other people do and it inspires you and you get all these other thoughts. Whereas when it comes to life coaches, no disrespect to any of them, but I, it's just a thing that I just don't quite understand. It's a bit like, you know, when business coaches, you know, you get all these business coaches, right? It might, you get these business coaches that haven't even made money trying to tell you how to make money. <laughs> five to like, five X your business, all this kind of stuff that you see all yeah, over social yeah, media. Yeah. I'm like, hold on a second. You're, you're driving, you're driving a Vauxhall, bro. Give <laughs> <laughs> what? You're going to be my business coach, mate. You should be at least like, you should have at least a couple mil. Like if you're telling people like what to do and even like, for example, IFS and stuff last year, uh, they were like, do it, and you're going to have your own talk. I was like, no, not yet. I was like, I don't want one yet. They're like, why? Because I was like, because I know what I can say will be valuable to people, but I want to be able to say, listen, guys, this is how I made 50K in one month, and then talk about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas you get some people that say, you should do this, you should do that. Cool, then why haven't you done it? I, I don't like being in that position until I feel like, I'm happy with my own achievement. Do you know what I mean? That makes a lot of sense, and I admire you for that. For like saying that this is how this is. I want to live by it first before I go preaching, because I think a lot of people just read a book and then go preaching. Exactly, and this is the thing. Like for example, you saw me. Uh, um, you saw me talk with James. Yeah. At the seminar, PT seminar, right? I didn't go around advertising and saying it's my PT seminar. Yeah. It's something Smith put on, and I knew I could add value to it. But when I'm at stage, like he's got a successful business at a minute. He's got a successful business partner. He's got a successful business and he can talk about it. And I think that's valuable because if anyone questions it, they can turn around and be like, you can tell them, okay, well, I've got this many clients so I can talk. When I'm at that stage, which I believe I am now, I can talk about it comfortably. But whereas last year or years before when people asked me, Dylan, where's your book? Dylan, where's this? I'm like, Listen, there's no there's no rush for anything. I'm enjoying my journey and there's a lot of things I'm learning, things I'm getting better with. Even this podcast, I'm getting better at talking, you know. And I think it's important people take their time with certain things before trying to jump the gun or shoot their load early, you know. And I, I think I see a lot of I see a lot of PTs doing this, man. It's like you haven't even PT'd on the gym floor and you're like trying to become an online PT. I'm like, bro, come on, just wait out a little bit. The life, the life is sexier. Or the the image of the online coaching life is a lot sexier than it actually is. It's 100%. it it is it is quite it is very very tough. And you have to. I personally think that you have to have some time on the floor in order to be able to one know how the people move. Everyone, every single person's different. But you also have to be able to talk to a person like they're a human. And I think what James and yourself are able to do very, very well is talk to someone as if they're a or explain things to someone as if they're a five year old. And if you can't explain it yourself, you don't understand it yourself. You don't understand it. Exactly. And then how are you, how are you supposed to portray that online? Do you know what I mean? It's even harder. Like you might, someone might sign up to my online coaching and ask me, um, "Hey, Darren." Uh, I had this issue with the leg extension. I would know exactly what they're talking about because I've trained people for thousands of hours yeah. over the years. So I know exactly what she's talking about when she says, I don't feel it in my quad. My bum keeps getting up uh, when I'm trying to do my extension. Do you know what I mean? So whereas someone that hasn't had that experience, they wouldn't have a clue what they're talking about. Therefore, give a bad service. They give a bad service to that person. Then the person has a bad relationship when it comes to bad ideology about people that are online trainers because her experience has now been shit. And it's just a circle of like, that's why you can't trust anyone online. Like there's so many people now just like, no, I'm not doing online. I've tried it before. It doesn't work for me. When really it's not, it doesn't work for you. It's just, you haven't come across the right people yet. You haven't, you haven't done your due, pro due process yet. And I think that's what a lot of people are kind of like, Fair enough, people are aesthetically pleasing on the eye and stuff like that, but that doesn't mean they're a coach. They could have the genetics, they could have taken certain products to to juice up or whatever. But and that and that's and that's their choice. I'm not saying anything against that. But I wouldn't necessarily only buy off off someone for the way they look. 
if they understand how emotionally how they can talk to someone if they understand the basics plus a little bit more and have a little bit of empathy because i think billy Bootcamp pts billy Bootcamp coaches have a place don't get me wrong but yeah. for mary and john down the road it ain't gonna work yeah it, it, exactly and it's you know it's just like you know how you get like you get a lot of successful footballers right and they always ask them so do you want to go into coaching they're like no <laughs> no because they know they know they're a great athlete but they know they won't be a good coach they know their limits they know their limits and there's i mean there's so many bodybuilders that um that are like that they're good bodybuilding athletes but when it comes to coaching people they have no tolerance they don't know how to they have no people skills so they don't want to do it i respect them more so than the ones just selling random shit just for the sake of it without actually coaching them you know but i guess that's an issue that's always kind of gonna be around you know so but either way i think it's important for people just to find people that relate to them the most and just find someone honest when it comes to online PT, I guess. Yeah, and no BS approach. And I think that's why yourself and James are doing really well as well. Exactly, yeah. Um, I think that, that kind of led into one of my questions that was up on the sheet here was, what was what would be one thing that you would change in the industry and why? Um, what would change in the industry? Uh, haters, man. Haters. That's what would change in the industry. Like the bullshit. The bullshit in the industry is going now. It's kind of, I think the fitness industry has changed quite a bit and it's changing. I think it's changing for the better. But what I would love for the industry to change is haters because I find that there's so many like, it's such a, it's such a weird industry where there's like, there's actually like, obviously there's so many egos. It's driven by, <laughs> it's driven by <laughs> so much, so much testosterone. Oh, that's you know? frightening. Um, I think with that, there's also quite a bit of jealousy, insecurity that comes and goes, which I'd love to eventually fade away. Because a lot of people, like there's some people, I've met people that I can just tell that they're jealous. They, there's a bit of hate. You just know by the way they talk to you. They might even try to belittle you with like words, but when really they're just showing like insecurities. But another thing I would change, and I think what should happen is more girls should like push for getting out there more because it's an industry that's like there's males everywhere and when i even chat to females i'm like who do you look up to who's a female who's which female do you look up to in the fitness industry and they usually there's a usually a huge pause like uh like there isn't many you know so what i would want to change as well is get more girls up there get more women up give give them more opportunities to talk you know yeah, like I think. Turkish, get the Turkish guys more opportunities. <laughs> we, we don't need any more Irish. We're fine. Um, no, I one hundred percent agree with you. I think there there is a like there's powerful women out there that the likes of Siobhan, Sinead, Felicity, and all them, like yeah. they are doing an amazing job putting out empowerment out to women and talking about their stories and being so honest about it. And I think that is changing. That that slowly, slowly, um, yeah, very, very slowly. That, that girls are changing their perspective on how they should look and that they shouldn't have to look a certain way in order to be happy or to give in to social media pressure or to give in to pressure in society in general. And yeah. I can only commend whoever's doing that at the minute and just keep going. If you have a voice, use it wisely. Um, and I think that's really, really important. Um, you've spoken 100%. the 24-7 need up. Oh yeah. <laughs> Where did that come from? Because it has caught on big time. I was even I was out from my walk before we came on. I was like, need up. Need up twenty four seven. Uh that actually happened um so over the summer uh, two summers ago when me and Smith first came back from our travels from Bali in Australia, his way of getting leaner was training more jujitsu. I didn't have a jiu-jitsu gym around me. Although I was training, I was training in the gym more. And what I was doing to get leaner was get my knee up 24-7. I was walking 90 minutes to a gym that's really far away from where I was, from my parents' house. 90-minute walk, train, and then a 90-minute walk back. And that's what I was doing to get leaner. And I found that there was a big gap 
uh, in the industry where people were not so much aware of it because non-exercise activity thermogenesis is like a scientific bloody word where it's not sexy it's, anyway, it's yeah you you hear that and you think what the fuck is that bro it, like imagine general population that don't really know much about training and stuff they hear that they're like that sounds way too confusing you know but it's such a key role especially in fat loss mental health you know increasing our general activity and although planning to go for a walk is not neat the whole idea is to get people more active get people moving more you know and since then since that popped off because when smith was going to jitsu i was doing i was walking around the house just talking shit on my story don't worry about me bro i'm gonna get my knee up 24 7 no, I beam, I'm getting my knee up 24 7. I'm in the toilet, like tapping my feet, increasing my activity, you know, expending energy. And since then, when that happened, the, the day after, like, I couldn't believe the Instagram stories. I had people tagging me from Australia, Ireland, um, Asia, America, uh, Abu, Abu Dhabi, Saudi Arabia. I had someone message with Saudi Arabia. I was like, I was like, it was a female. I was like, are you even, can you even can you even be outside? <laughs> I was like, can you be outside right now? <laughs> you know, and um, that was happening, and then it just took off from there. And from the looks of it, it's helped out a lot of people. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm just happy. I guess I can just help. You know, it's mad how something so simple can have such a massive impact because it's 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 mad. Like I don't even use it as a way of like. I hate the way people use exercise as a way of burning calories, but it is, as you mentioned, in about mental health, it is literally just that. My way, like, if it was pissing rain here in Ireland, which it normally is, we're, yeah. we were in a bit of a drought at the minute, in fairness. Yeah. Uh, we wouldn't have been able to go outside during lockdown, and there would have been yeah. fights, rows, everything. Like, if we wouldn't exactly. have been able to get a need up, like, it, yeah, I, it's, but I think it's really, really important. I think one of the things that get asked an awful lot is kind of disconnecting the trackers from my fitness pal. And I know you've done videos and done content on this. Can you kind of expand on that a little bit more? Oh, so basically, I think a lot a common mistake a lot of people make is um, obviously your uh, fitness trackers, Apple Watches, Fitbits, or whatever, are usually connected to everyone's Fitbit. And people make the mistake of also adding the calories that they get from the extra steps they've done. Because so for you guys that are listening, you know, on my fitness pal, it tells you the steps you're doing and it also gives you extra additional calories. What most people don't realize is your calorie calculation is already calculated your activity. So when it's giving you extra calories, you're potentially going to a maintenance or possibly even a surplus. Depends. Just depends on the activity. So that's why I always tell everyone like disconnect your fitness tracker from my fitness pal. It just makes life easier. Because when you see all those numbers, and maybe it's just me, but it, I mean, it's very easy to get confused. So, so you might as well easy. be really clear. So easy to get confused, especially for people that are new to a beginner level to fitness and trying to track calories and trying to track your steps and all that stuff. So it can be quite confusing for those people. So for them, I'll just say, listen, just disconnect that. Don't mix that stuff up. Because even even if you were in a deficit by doing more steps and not using those extra additional calories, when you increase your steps, it's just, for example, the days where I hit 20,000 steps, right? And I'm walking, there's like, at the minute I'm training like three, four days a week. The days I'm not training, I hit like 15 to 20,000 steps a day. The reason I hit 20,000 steps a day is so I can have a tub of ice cream in the evening, if I'm being honest. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I can eat more. And one of the issues when it comes to training and people is like, oh, what's the goal? For me, the goal is being active and not being able to drop my calories and maintaining shape. Because a lot of people, they're like, okay, it's a calorie deficit, wicked, cool. You get lower. What do I do now? Get lower. Where does it go from there? Like, you just keep getting lower. Whereas it should be being as active as possible and being able to eat as much as possible without getting fat. And I always tell that to people. I think people forget, like people have the two extremes. People have losing an awful lot of weight and then they put, have the, the other extreme of putting on an awful lot of weight. People forget about the maintenance is sexy too. It, and, I th and I think it is so, so imperative that I'm working with so many girls at the minute that have had to work on their mindset 
who have been on a diet for quite a while and then a lot of them are on diet breaks just to give their body like you know yourself psychological all that yeah. kind of stuff and trying to the scales for girls and this is oh, not a yeah. this is not a sexist comment this is this is fact um the girls no, i'll say this right, i'll say this clear with girls all the girls that are listening yeah don't take any offense when it comes to getting your protein intake when i tell everyone to stop weighing themselves so much just fucking listen man stop like just don't do it listen to your man like because it fucks around with your head so much can you believe like we've probably been guilty of this as well i know i have like you jump on a scale and it fucking kills your mood you're like you've allowed a couple of numbers to affect your day <laughs> it's it's you know? mad it's, it's like a piece of plastic or a piece of metal on the floor and that a different piece of plastic in say i don't know if you had two different scales they're both going to read different things so you have to stay consistent with whatever one you're on but if you can read your body and listen to your body and stay off the scales around certain times of the month and understand it's going to fluctuate, different things are going to happen. And if like the one thing with the scales is you don't go into a, a shop looking for a size 70 kilos. You go into a shop looking for a size 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18. That is a very fair point. I like that, bro. That's such a fair point. You should do a post on that. I think I've I think I've done a full podcast. I think I've, <laughs> I, I, think, I think I've robbed it from so I can't remember where I read it. Um, no, but that's but that's good. Like you, and I think I think yeah, just people just like some of the things that we let get to our head, things like that is ridiculous, and we've been all guilty of it. And you just got to remember, if it's like I've I've had clients where they're like doing the scales and dropped, and I'm like, has your measurements dropped? They're like, yeah. I'm like, do you fit into your clothes better? yeah how do you feel good so why the fuck does it matter yeah and like, then you're like how's your sex life how's how do you feel sexy yeah. to your partner and then they're like yeah 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 and they're like well doesn't that you're getting your holes like that matters more exactly 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 uh, yeah i think i think one thing a lot of people are struggling with now is so many people don't have access to the gym um but a lot of people don't have equipment at home and how do you kind of get away from moving away from the guilt from not training because I think some of us are lucky that we can, from knowing in the industry, you can do bodyweight stuff or you may have, you may have moved back home and you may have your bench and we're like, you're at 15 years of age and stuff like that. Um, I think first of all, got to remember that it's just not you. It's everyone in the same position. It's not a matter of you like missing out on going to a gym session where even, even then you shouldn't feel guilty, but you might punish yourself and be go, fuck, why didn't I go to the gym when it's open? But you have no choice. Like, no one's got a choice. No gyms are open. None of us are going. We're all on the same boat. You've got to do the best that you can with what you have. For example, if you've got weights at home, if you've got dumbbells, barbells, whatever, do what you can and maintain the muscle mass that you have. What people forget and don't realize is maintaining muscle mass, the load and intensity that you need to put within training is nowhere near as much as trying to grow muscle. People think if they're not progressively overloading, they're going to lose body uh muscle mass it's not the case to maintain muscle you don't need nowhere near as close intensity so just think of this time as maintaining your physique do what you can to maintain muscle mass stay active when you can go out and just wait until the gym's open again and if anything it might have even been a great opportunity for you to work on other things re-regulate everything creep up to maintenance calories you know Go for a walk, listen to this podcast, listen to it again and again, <laughs> you know? And there's like so many things right, where you can put your energy in towards, like instead of worrying about what you can't have right now, you know, I say this to myself, I should take my own fucking advice. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I shouldn't worry about going to IB for right now because I can't go, but I'm like, fuck, I wish I was in IB for. <laughs> it's, but, it's, um, it's, it's, it is. And I think so many people are looking at social media, seeing people doing, jumping around the room and i think they're getting that guilt they're getting that body composition they're looking at people and stuff like that i'm doing classes with my corporate clients and my clients in general once a week but that's literally to keep them sane i know that's not going to do anything else it's literally to keep them sane i wouldn't do it if lockdown wasn't happening exactly i mean if you if you want to do something for your mental health and then whatever go for it do whatever you can to make yourself feel good but just chill enjoy enjoy your time watch a movie watch this watch a documentary go for a walk like 
nothing to worry about. There's yeah. bigger problems in the world like COVID. <laughs> yeah, bigger problems. And I think we were we were talking off air about another big problem that's kind of going on, and we we're talking about what's going on over in the states at the minute. And this is this is not a fitness topic at all. I was kind of wary will I bring it up, but I know Darren is very passionate about this. I. I'm going to stay in my lane on this. I haven't had any of this discrimination or anything like that. I'm not sure if Darren has. I'm not going to speak out of turn, but I'm going to let Darren kind of talk about it a little bit more. But, um, okay. All right, so you say that, but, bruv, you're Irish, fam. You would have been suppressed one way or another. Oh, in London, yeah. In London, yeah, back in the day. And we still get the old potato thing thrown at us, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, like, you know what? Let me tell you something about a potato thing, yeah? (laughs) I used, to, I used to say potato, right? But I never knew. I never knew about the history. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. They didn't teach me that at school. They didn't teach me that at school. I didn't know. So when I was chatting to Siobhan and Sinead about it, when they explained it to me, I was like, oh my fucking God. I was like, Darren, you dickhead. And then someone actually inboxed me, someone Irish, and went, Darren, I know I know, I've been following you for a while. And I know you have no intention, but do you know the history of... And I said, no. And they explained it to me. And then that's when I went and asked Siobhan and Sinead. And they told me, and I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. But now I would have made that joke because I understand. And that's like a prime example of some of the stuff that's happening now. People are so uneducated about cultures, religion, and what other people are like. And I think that's a common problem because people are not open to discussion. Like you said, for example, I'm going to stay in my lane, right? And you might be saying that because you there, there's that there's that probably side of you where y- you're kind of fearing what yeah. you might say and how it might come across to me or someone else, right? And in my head, I'm like, that's shit because you should be able to have a discussion about this because when we have discussions like this, we learn from each other. Do you know what I mean? I could teach you about Kurdish, Turkish culture, London culture. You can talk to me about Irish. But so many people are now, mostly white people, are scared to talk about this stuff because they may come across as a racist, you know? So that's why when people like, like earlier today, someone sent me, someone tagged me in a post going, you haven't done enough posts about Black Lives Matter. I was like, fuck off. I was like, listen, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm raised in an area and I've been, I'm in a culture where like, been suppressed and gone through and understand struggle completely. You know, it's not about what you post on social media. It's how you act on it in real life. Meeting someone from a different ethnicity or whatever, talking to them, asking them where they're from, what their culture's like. If you see an act of racism, you step in and you say something there and then. Doing a post and saying, oh, yeah, oh, I did my bit, you know. Oh, I did three, four posts and oh, I did my bit for racism. Now, um, no, you can't call me a racist. Nah, bro, but you're the same guy that will hide and put their head down when someone gets untreated unfairly you know whereas i'm the opposite i'm not gonna post a, a black screenshot but when i see racism in front of an the person that's being racist you know and i think people in general when it comes to this sort of stuff they're uneducated they don't know and i think we should all just be open to discussion with not just this topic every topic you know so if anyone has any questions with that sort of stuff to black people to this to that because i know if i don't know anything about irish history i mean i'm first person i'll probably ask is paul lima and siobhan i'll ask them and i'll educate myself about it you know? i think but a lot i think a lot minute, of, i think a lot of people are trying to educate themselves now and there's there is there is an awful lot to learn but yeah. as as with everything there's always going to be two sides to a story and that's and that's where i think i didn't want to do, i didn't do the the black post and i got comments on it saying why didn't i do the the thing up on me putting up a a black screen is not going to change the movement no this discussion will make way much of an impact this this that 30 second discussion we just had would make much more of an impact on someone acting up on when they see racism more so than just posting that picture you know because to me that was just like i did a post but then i was like i'm gonna get creative with a post i'm not gonna be like everyone else gonna post that picture because yeah it's all good making people aware of it but acting up on acting up on racism itself is a way bigger 
way bigger thing to do. And for me, you know, it's something I've always, I've experienced racism, bro. I've had, I've had bus drivers tell me to go back to my own country when I tap in for my Oyster card, mate. You know what I mean? So I know, I know what it's like, but just gotta, just gotta not take it to heart, do your thing and just stand up when you see people getting treated unfairly, you know? But hopefully, now, hopefully you'll be better. But like you said, there's always gonna be racist people, man, because there's always gonna be uneducated, jealous, people that actually have no idea you know yeah i think like i saw something the other day and it was like people aren't born racist it's their surroundings it's the education system that they're brought up with it's their family all that kind of stuff you're not born racist you are it's your surroundings it's it's the comments that are made to you that that kind of become normalized to you that kind of creates that kind of anger or discrimination or something to in in you that kind of that that kind of brings those words that size out of you exactly that's exactly right and um again that's why you need to like, i know for a fact uh since i became friends with james james has had a much more insight on culture i know for a fact for a fact he there's loads of stuff that he would have learned from me that he didn't know about uh, certain cultures in london just like i've learned certain things about him about families in windsor do you know what i mean and, and that's why it's important that you like james says Turkish words now. <laughs> you know what I mean? When he sees my mum and dad. And it's and it's great because you're acknowledging other people's uh culture, where they're from. You know what's really funny, right? I was in Australia once, yeah. <laughs> Australia got a lot of Asians, right? Uh you got a lot of Chinese Asians and I went to this restaurant and I was with my ex girlfriend's family and the guy's name, the owner of the restaurant, he had a Chinese accent. Yeah. And his name was John. I said, What? John in my head I was like this guy's name ain't John I was like nice to meet you my name's Duran what's your real name <laughs> that's what I said to the guy yeah everyone looked at me like Duran what the fuck are you doing that is so rude I'm like what how's that rude I'm like acknowledging what his parents called him not fucking what western society is making him do you know not what the Australian government has <laughs> told him to change his name to or whatever I asked him what his name was and he looked at me like I was He's obviously so used to people being racist to him. He took it the wrong way. I was like, big man. I was like, no, I'm trying to acknowledge where you're from. This was like in the Western suburbs of like uh, Sydney. So it's not as like multicultural as like, say, inner city, Sydney or whatever. And then I had to explain myself to him. I was like, bro, I'm like, do I look like? A racist white guy to you. I'm a beard. I'm a Turkish guy. Asking what your name is. Do you know what I mean? You know, like I don't get people to call me when someone asks me what my name is. I say it's Darren. I don't say it's Darren. Do you know what I mean? And like, yeah. <laughs> and I was just acknowledging. Well, it was funny because um, something so small, people can take it the wrong way because they're so used to trying to fit in or whatever instead of being like their self wherever they go. You know. I think like I think you like what you said when after I said I wasn't going to make a comment on it you you hit the nail on the head I was afraid of getting backlash by me saying something and yeah. it, it's it, it think the world's gone too PC oh 100% it was like that with the fitness industry mate <laughs> and, and, you know what I mean it's like that with everything people don't speak their mind because they're worried about what other people will say they're worried about it might look stupid like do you know what I mean it's like topics like like you don't see me talking like Martin McDonald does about nutrition, because because I look stupid, because <laughs> I look stupid compared to him. But at the end of the day, like I could probably say some things that are true, but I just stay out my lane. I have the fear of potentially looking stupid to others. But I think with racism and stuff, it's just again a matter of not people not knowing enough about other people's culture. But hopefully, it will change. Hopefully. Yeah, speaking about culture, you got taught a sentence by Sh uh, Siobhan when she was over with, uh, or you were over. Oh, Do you remember what it is? Okay, okay wait. On will Galdagum Dungadi Al Harris. Yeah. Do you know is what I mean? Close? It's close. Yeah, it's very close. On will Galdagum Dungadi Al Harris. Most of the whole yes. is the false ends. Do you know what it means? After she did, she tell you. I'm gonna. 
I'm going to do that after I finish this podcast. I'm going to go to the toilet. Dear, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I cannot uh, thank you enough for, for giving up so much of your time. Where can people find out about you? Where can they find out about your new Project X and sign up for your coaching? Okay, so if you want my coaching, you'll find me at uh, DarrenCartel.com. If you want my Instagram, just search DarrenCartel or hashtag me up 24-7. You'll find me through the rabbit hole. Uh, if you want to listen to my podcast, it's the Darren Cartel Show on podcast. And if you haven't heard of me, and I'm sure you will very, very soon. Peace and love. Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate your time. No worries at all, Darren. Thank you so much and stay safe during this weird time. Guys, if you've enjoyed that incredible episode with Darren, please do tag Darren and I up on your story. That is a very, very different style of podcast that I normally do. And if you prefer that style, please do let me know. Any feedback would be greatly, greatly appreciated. I cannot thank Darren enough for coming on to the podcast today. It was an incredible episode. Great insight into different topics we spoke about so much. Guys, if you've enjoyed it, please do tag us up on your story and as always please do leave a review up on itunes hope you guys have enjoyed it and i'll talk to you very soon stay safe guys thank you so much